Welcome to the Benzo Free Podcast, your home for an honest, straightforward, and personal discussion about anti-anxiety drugs, their effects, and how to deal with dependence and withdrawal. Whether you have taken benzodiazepines, Z drugs, or any other tranquilizers, know someone who has, or you just want help dealing with chronic anxiety and insomnia, this is your podcast. I'm your host, D.E. Foster, author of the book, Benzo Free, The World of Anti-Anxiety Drugs and the Reality of Withdrawal. I'm so glad you joined us today. Please stick around and let me bend your ear for a few minutes. It just might feel a little better on the other side. Hello there, this is Dee, and welcome to episode 109 of the Benzo Free Podcast. This episode is part two of a two-part series on benzos and surgery, my personal journey. Um, the first part is episode 108, so if you haven't listened to the first part, you might want to go check that out first. You can, of course, find those episodes on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash benzofree or on our website at easinganxiety.com. Today's episode, we're going to talk a little more about some of the medication questions that show up when you do a medical when you do a medical procedure or surgery, especially whether or not to take a benzodiazepine. And of course, always remember that the Benzo Free Podcast is for informational purposes only, and should never be considered medical advice. Part two here picks up on the day prior to surgery, where we start talking about some of the medication questions that can arise. We'll mention first that I decided not to take a benzodiazepine, but that changes as time goes on. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Thanks. Still Thursday, day before the surgery, and just finished filling out the paperwork, well, the pre-op paperwork, including, you know, medical history and medications and allergies and all that kind of fun stuff. Right now, I just walked away from doing that, and Thought I'd sit outside on the patio for a bit. <laughs> it's still pretty nice outside. Still doing pretty good, um, but anxiety's creeping in. I got the chronic kind of tightness in my chest right now. Not surprised. I'm not going to get too worked up about it. This is expected. Um, but just to share with you that I do have the anxiety of tomorrow's um, procedure kind of creeping in. One of the things that sets it off, too, of course, was doing the paperwork because you got to go through all these things. and you got to read all the disclaimers, which are always fun with surgery. But one thing I've thought I'd talk about with benzos related is um, how we describe or how we define or how we tell people about benzodiazepines and do we or do we not want them. I mentioned, I think, earlier on this um, episode that I've, I've been listing benzodiazepines, I think, as an allergy. And that, you know, whether or not to have a benzodiazepine in a medical procedure is a difficult question for so many of us. Do we say absolutely no benzos? In which case, um, you might not have the benefit of reducing the anxiety of um, and the other benefits that come with that one-off benzo. Or do you say, go ahead and give them to me? Um, if they need to. And then, of course, we do have the the possibility that there are some effects, even though I know Ashton and others have said there's not. We still have concerns whether or not a one, you know, just a one short-term benzo, a one-time for medical procedure causes problems. I still not seen any evidence that says that it does. Um, and I know some many people are saying it won't, but still, I mean, we came off them and we're, we're very careful about that and that's to be expected. But when I filled the paperwork, one of the things to keep in mind is I've, I've listed benzodiazepines as an allergy. And again, just want to tell you all, this is not a recommendation at all. I am just sharing with you what I've done. Again, I'm not a medical professional. This is not medical advice. I can't advise you on this. I'm just saying what I've done. Within my um, personal medical records, I have listed um, benzodiazepines as an allergy. That way it just gets their attention. And the nice thing about that is most of the time then they will ask you about it. Oh, I see you have this. There's an allergy. And then you can explain it. I just highly prefer not to have a benzodiazepine, if at all possible, you know, except in an urgent situation where like severe agitation or something or seizure or whatever, and they need to give me something. Um, but otherwise, I prefer not to have a benzodiazepine. And I state that. I also say due to 
um, neurological damage from long-term exposure to the medication. I think that's a good way to put it. I put bind. I put bind on this one, um, but I explained bind in the comments and said it's um, also AKA um, protracted benzodiazepine withdrawal. And I also mentioned it's neurological damage, you know, from long-term exposure to the drug. Um, but I just say that I, highly, I, I strongly prefer not to have a benzodiazepine, except if absolutely necessary. If there's a real need for it, they can administer it if needed to be. And that's okay. I mean, if that ne is needed, I'm okay with that. Um, I'd rather survive. I would rather, um, you know, be less agitated so they can do the job if there's a problem there. But I'm under general anesthesia, so I doubt that's going to happen. But still, I do think it's important to note that this is not what I want. And I'll be able to talk to the anesthesiologist beforehand. They always come through, or usually do. And you get a chat with them. And I've written it down, and I'll tell the anesthesiologist I prefer no benzodiazepines. But I thought I'd, I'd, I'd just mention that really quickly and say, this is how I've handled it. I'm not advising anyone. But in case you're curious, I know this question has come up many times before of how to handle medical procedures that may use benzodiazepines. How do you handle those? And that's how I handle it, is I list them as an allergy. Um, and then when they ask for more details, I say, no, it's not technically an allergy. It's a strong preference not to be prescribed one, if at all possible, unless absolutely necessary. And I think that's effective. Um, and that's what I do. So I just wanted to give you that update. Um, so I've got the anxiety creeping in. Um, I've had some acid reflux kept creeping in today um, as that chronic state's kicking in. But I'm still doing okay. I'm still doing pretty good. Um, just keeping myself busy. I got to do some more. I got to review one of the papers for our research project and send some emails back to our action work group, um, Benzo people. And so just kind of keep myself busy doing all that. But I just wanted to give you that information. I'll talk to you again soon. Yes, I see you staring at me. I know I'll let you out in a few minutes and then Shanna will take you for a short walk, okay? <laughs> I am talking to the dog that we are dog sitting. It is Friday morning, day of the surgery, 5.15 a.m. Last night was a little rough because um, the dog that we're dog sitting for um, was pretty restless last night, so it woke both of us up periodically. Not that I was going to sleep a lot the night before. I didn't figure I'd be sleeping much, but um, it made it a little harder because every time I tried to doze, I, you know, she would come in and want to go out or something, or I think she's just restless. We've had her before um, here at the house, but I think it's just right now she's a little restless. Anyway, um, it's the morning of. We'll be leaving here in a little over an hour, heading up to the surgery center for um, for the for the operation. And um, still doing okay. Little had many panic attacks last night. Um, surprisingly, just like I thought, um, somewhat about the procedure, somewhat about you know, is it going to go okay? Um, a lot about not eating. Not the eating. The eating was no problem, but the not drinking for four hours. You know, the more I think about it, then the more mouth my mouth gets dry, and the more I salivate and. Um, I, I I haven't had anything to drink now for a few hours, and, um, you know, you really want something when you know you can't have it. <laughs> so, um, it's pure psychological. I've gone many times before four hours without drinking anything, without even thinking twice about it. But when you know you can't, that's when um, that gets crazy. So, anyway, that's where I'm at now, and I just wanted to touch base with you. Um, don't know what or if I'll record it all today with the procedure going on, but I will touch base with you after the procedure and, um, let you know how things went. So, um, thanks for going on this journey with me and, um, we'll see how it goes. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Hello there. This is D. Um, it is Friday, day of surgery. I am laying on a mattress in our living room with a big old ice pack and bandage on my foot and I am done with surgery. Yay! Things went really well. Um, except for the hour of, you know, they got you all prepped for surgery and then just laying there in the bed an hour waiting for it to start. But I did surprisingly well and um, 
the surgeon said the sur surgery went great, as expected. So now I'm just going to be um, on my back most of the weekend, letting the foot heal. Um, I can start walking on it pretty soon. I have some crutches right now, and I'm really excited to get this healed and get back um, on track. So I'm going to take a few days off now and um, recover. And I'm just really excited that things went well. I'm still probably have some lingering effects of the anesthesia, the general anesthesia. I had a local and general anesthesia for this. And I wanted to mention something really quick. Right before the procedure, the anesthesiologist did come in. I explained the benzodiazepine thing, like I talked to you about, that I prefer not to have them. And he said, because of my anxiety, and also benzodiazepine use, he said sometimes general anesthesia doesn't take as well. And of course, I'm also ginger, which is also a factor. He said the midazolam, if he gave it to me, which is a versed, um, or midazolam is a generic name. He said if he gave me the, the midazolam, then he wouldn't need as much general anesthesia, which definitely helps my recovery um, and any complications like nausea and stuff like that. Of course, they don't want to put you under any any more than they have to for safety. And I decided at that point to go ahead and go with the benzo. Here's my thinking. Um, one, I definitely don't mind, you know, easing a little bit of the anxiety and having less general anesthesia for my overall health. And two, I didn't mind being a guinea pig. <laughs> I get a question a lot of times if a benzodiazepine for a medical procedure is going to set you back any with your withdrawal. And um, I decided, you know what, the best way to figure this out, at least for me, is to go ahead and do it. Um, I know Ashton says it should be totally fine. I know other people have said it is totally fine. A one-off, um, short-duration benzo. Um, should not set you back. So you know what? I think the best thing for me to do was just to try it. I don't mind being a guinea pig along the way to see if this helps. Now this is going to be just me. It doesn't mean for everybody it'll be the same. But I thought, you know, let's go ahead and, and take it and see what happens. So I did get um, an injection of Versed, which is midazolam. It's a short-acting, um, short lifespan. What's the term I'm looking for? Half-life. <laughs> Um, benzo typically used for medical procedures. Um, I was familiar with it and um, and I thought I'd go with it and see what happens. So total change of course from what I talked about before but I was just thinking you know this might be a good test to see and I will monitor and I will um, continue to record this and I'll record a little bit of my recovery and I'll let you know if I'm seeing any effects or not. I'm feeling pretty good I have um, a little bit of a headache, um, but again, I'm pretty dehydrated, and a little lightheadedness, and of course, some throbbing in my foot after the surgery, which is to be expected. Other than that, I'm not too bad. I do have, I did start on some um, medication. I took some naproxen, um, which I'm allowed to do, and then um, once I get a meal in me, I can take the Percocet um, to help for the pain. Um, I want to take as little pain med as possible. But this is one of those ones where they do do a lot of work on the bone and joint and everything. And there is pain that comes with this surgery, but I've had it before. And I know um, with the pain meds, we can manage it pretty well. So anyway, I am back home. Surgery went well. Everything is good. Just laying on my back and I'm going to be a bum this weekend and recover. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Good morning. It is Saturday. One day after surgery, I am laying on a mattress in our living room <laughs> with my foot up elevated and iced pretty good and doing okay. I'm trying to stay ahead of the pain. Um, took some Percocet yesterday, most of the day, and yesterday, so I'm not sure exactly what I recorded yesterday or if I did record. <laughs> but, um, I think I mentioned to you the other day I took midazolam. Um, uh, benzo. Um, so I'm going to monitor that over the next week. They gave that to me during the procedure. And um, yesterday evening, I had a comedy of errors, and I wanted to share this with you. 
my wife is, you know, took me to surgery, brought me back, and is a great nurse and taking care of me and everything. And I was laying on the floor here um, on this mattress on the floor, what we call the floor bed. It's just a mattress on the in the living room floor, make things easier and keep everything in one room. Um, and she was sitting in the chair, and she just turned slightly to get up, and she completely threw her back out. Enough that it took us like five or ten minutes just to get her onto the floor and to roll over and be on her back. And now, of course, I couldn't help much because I'm pretty much down for the count with my foot. I can't move around without crutches right now. Um, and she was in a lot of pain, and I felt bad. I, I, I wanted to try to help her, and I wasn't much help. And we were both literally immobilized. Um, she finally laid on the, got on the floor, and she laid there for a while. We talked through things, and um, we finally decided that um, between having a dog here that we're dog sitting and <laughs> all the other things that we can't do now because we're both injured, um, called her sister-in-law who was kind enough to come over last night, even though she's been working around the clock. She came over for a couple hours last night and made sure that we could get ready, at least for bed and enough to where we could move a little bit. And take the, and she let the dog out and um, kind of helped us just get coordinated. I was very grateful that she was able to do that. And she also offered to come back in the morning um, if needed. <laughs> but it was just my wife felt terrible because, you know, she just wanted to be there to take care of me after the surgery, and now she's down for the count. And it's just crazy. So this morning, um, she started to be able to move a little bit more. Um, I can move with the crutches and do some things. But walking the dog was not an option for either one of us, so we called our neighbor, and... Um, our neighbor's daughter came over and um, she happened to be home and um, she came over and walked Panama for half an hour which was awesome and I tell you it's just having friends and neighbors and family to come through for you is so huge in all that we do and uh, we wouldn't have made it through this last 24 hours without people um, coming in and taking care of it so right now I think we're functioning again um, Shanna's showering right now trying to get some hot water and see if she can loosen up enough um, she's able to walk some now um, it just takes her like you know three or four minutes to stand up and lay down and stuff but um, and she this is she threw it out again a few weeks ago her back but not not this bad this one was pretty much wiped her up but anyway I just think it's one of those things that it wasn't too long before she and I were just laughing because it's a comedy of errors it's just <laughs> It's like the one time when one person literally cannot take care of himself, me, because I have a foot and I'm on pain meds and everything. Um, and then my wife throws her back out and she literally can't move. <laughs> and it's just, it shows you these things happen in life and it's kind of crazy. But we adapt, we get through them, and we look back on them and we, we joke about it and laugh about it. And I think that's important. I don't know. But... um other than that, though, doing okay. The foot's throbbing pretty good. I'm trying to take as little of the drugs as I can. You know, last thing I want to do is wind up dependent on an opioid on top of, you know, all I've been through. So I don't think there's much risk of that, but I'm being very careful with the amount of Percocet I take and um, and um, no effects at all of the midazolam yet. Um, don't expect there to be any yet, but I'm going to monitor for a week or so and just see um, how it went, but honestly, the procedure went really well for me um, this time. I think a lot better than it did the last time I had the foot surgery. I don't know if I was given a benzo for that one because I would have still been on the clonazepam last time I had had the foot surgery, which is like 12 years ago. I would have been on the clonazepam, the clonopin. And I'm wondering if, since I was on that, if they may not have given me another benzo. I don't know. But I came out of that one and wasn't doing too good, and I was kind of sick on the way home. And um, this time I woke up, I felt pretty good waking up. Um, you know, they say you can't remember anything, but I don't think they put me under that deep because I was, I woke up pretty well. I'm feeling pretty good. I haven't been sick to my stomach. Um, and I do think that benzo, um, and, and this is what the anesthesiologist said, but I think the benzo. By having that in my system, it means they don't have to give me as much of the general anesthesia because it helps to reduce that um, agitation. And I, I don't, I don't understand all the technical stuff, but that's what he was telling me. 
I'll, I'll monitor it and I'll get back to you soon. So first day after surgery, doing well. I'll talk to you in a bit. Bye. It is Sunday, 10 a.m. And I'm just starting to watch some pregame pro football. Uh, NFL football, if you don't know, is kind of my, my one sport, my guilty pleasure sport that I watch and get into. I'm a Broncos and a Chiefs fan. Um, unfortunately, neither one of them are playing today, <laughs> which is the day that I'm bedbound. But um, I'll find a game somewhere to turn on and, and watch that while I'm laying here with my foot up. Uh, two days past the surgery and doing well. Um, started walking a little bit on the shoe last evening, a little more. So now when I get up and go to the bathroom, I have this boot that I put on over the all the bandage and everything um, and all the padding and stuff. And I'm allowed to put some weight on it, so I'm trying to walk a little bit on that. Um, really reduced my meds down. I'm just on Advil right now. I took my last um, Percocet last night just to help me sleep, but I'm not sure if I'll need to take another one. Um, it's hard to walk around, pretty stiff and painful, but you know, by doing that a little bit now and then, it'll get back to it. And um, I'm recovering as expected, which is a great thing. Uh, my wife. Even though she threw her back out, she's moving a little bit more today. Her folks came over, our sister-in-law came over Friday night. Her, um, our neighbor took out that the dog. We were dog sitting, and the dog went home yesterday, so I don't have the dog anymore. And then her folks came over yesterday to get us lunch and help us with things. So the family was great that they came, and my wife's back is starting to do better. So she's actually showering right now and starting to get a little more mobile. And can help out, and so, and I'm getting a little more mobile, so I think we're we're looking good. But everything's looking up. I, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I'm feeling really positive, more positive than I have in a long time um, about my health in general. You know, I knew I needed this surgery, but I was always nervous about it. I know I need other medical things I need to do, like I got to go get a full physical, and I need a colonoscopy, and I need to do blood work and see where my you know all these things that I've been putting off for years because I've been taking care of my parents and everything else and just everything got in the way. But my goal throughout the end of this year is just to start taking care of my health. And hopefully that'll also be a reminder for the rest of you just to, you know, hey, we can't, with all the stuff going on with benzos and with anxiety, we, we need to make sure we're also taking care of our general health because we need that health to be good. We got enough to deal with. We don't need other problems going on. But um, I didn't really know how the surgery, this is my first surgery since I came off benzodiazepines, so I didn't know how it was going to go, and it went well. Tuesday, I'll get back to the computer. I got a meeting for the Benzo Action Work Group. We're kicking off phase two of the peer support training development, so I'm excited about that. Um, got work to do there. Got to get back to the website. Got to get back to some of your emails and Signing up, we got, we're lining up another um, interview I told you will be coming out maybe first of next month. It'll be coming out real soon. And um, I'm just pumped up. I'm excited about this stuff, and I'm excited about working with you all, and I'm excited about what's happening. And I, I, I got to keep in mind, it's like one of the things I want to share with you, the positivity when it's happening. Um, I think it's important that I share with you when it's hard because it connects, and you understand where I'm at, and we, we can relate with each other. But equally so, I need to share with you when life is just good and I'm getting back to normal life and I'm enjoying things and, and I'm, I'm loving living and this is where I'm at today. I mean, I'm, here I am laying on a floor bed, this mattress we have laying on our living room. Just, you know, I can't really do a whole lot. <laughs> um, has had surgery, got a foot that's throbbing like crazy and in pain. But I'm happy because the prospects are looking good. I got through this. I finished this. I accomplished this. That expanded that bubble for me. That that means what's the next? And so next is more tests for my health just to make sure I got to get the physical and all that kind of stuff I talked about um, and just do more things. But getting through this one makes those less um, frightening, less, you know, stressful and do more and more things, but not just health things, everything, you know, get my foot fixed. I can start hiking again with my wife. I haven't been able to hike for over a year on, you know, uneven pavement. Um, I can only do even payment because of the way my toe was and my joints were, but I look forward to getting back to that and all these things. And so it's just, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to say. What I'm saying is when we're ready, it's okay to take those steps and take those smaller and sometimes bigger steps. This was a big step for me.
because on the other side, when you get through it, it really gives you that confidence to keep going, to start to live again, to live an exciting life, to live a full life. And that's, that's where I'm headed. And I'm hoping you're doing okay. And I'm hoping maybe I can lift your spirits a little bit today by doing that. Hopefully that's what happens. But that's it. I will touch base later, probably not later today, but maybe the next day or two and let you know. Um, again, remember I did take the benzo and I'm curious to see how that pans out. So, so far, no complications. I don't notice any heightened. And what's funny because with all my extreme anxiety I had going in and with the, you know, any time that there's stress on the body that also, you know, often sets our symptoms, but my symptoms have been pretty mild. I'm relatively symptom-free, and so far it's it's doing really well. So I'll let you know. I'll keep you informed if I have symptoms kicking in. I'm sure I will. I normally have some just on an average day, you know, the milder things. But so far, so good. And okay, I'll sign off for now. See you in a bit. Bye. Hello there. It is Monday, three days after surgery. I'm doing pretty good. Um, pain's getting a little easier each day, which is a great thing. I'm trying to walk on it, at least around the house, more each day just to get it broken in. And I'm, I'm becoming a little more independent, which is nice. I finally showered um, after three days, which is really good to have a shower. <laughs> it wasn't easy. Um, I had to bandage things up and put a chair in the shower and all this kind of stuff, but I made it work. And got the, got showered, which is good. And um, I'm going to try to get some work done, maybe even log on to computer this afternoon and do a little work. I'm um, getting a little tired about just laying here and watching movies. It's nice at the beginning, but it gets old after a while, and I'm trying to sit up a little more, although I still need to have my foot elevated whenever I'm resting, but um, trying to get a little more mobile. And I'm looking forward to that improving day by day. I, um, I am still in bandage for two and a half weeks. And wearing this boot for two and a half weeks um, since the procedure. So that means that um, I also can't drive for two and a half weeks. Something they didn't exactly tell me up front. But um, we'll make do because this is my right foot. And I have a huge boot on it. And it's not very coordinated. So they recommend that you do not drive unless absolutely necessary. Because it's a little harder to control. And so um, I'll probably have my wife get me around here if I start leaving the house and doing things. But to keep my um, sanity, I've also been reading some. I was reading a book. Um, what was it called? It's called The Midnight. It's called The Midnight um, Library by Matt Haig. Let me pull it up here. Yeah. And I just closed that book out. It was really interesting. It was about a woman who um, dies, commits suicide and dies. And, um, or all, mostly dies and goes to a library and it's like all the parallel lives she could have lived if she had made different choices. And it was really interesting to kind of see, you know, where they went with it. And I thought the story was good. I thought this was interesting. At the end, um, the lead character, Nora, realized this, said, the prison is not the place, but the perspective. And I really like that. That's something I've thought for a long time. And I know we've talked about a few times, but perspective is so important. That is, you know, when something happens to you in life, the prison isn't necessarily what happens to you as much as it is how you perceive it, how you view it. Do you accept it? Do you look at it as a challenge? Do you move forward? And now, again, not belittling, you know, major things that happen, especially like benzo um, dependence and withdrawal, because these, these do have a major effect on our lives, but so does cancer, so does loss of a loved one, so does um, car accidents. So do, you know, so many things in our life have serious effects. Benzos isn't the only one. But some people come out of it doing really well and doing a lot better. And some people, it takes them down. And I think that's where the perspective comes in and how we view it. And that's, that's the mindset we talk about. Um, with this surgery, I just, I was nervous. I had anxiety going in, as you all know. Um, I shared some of that with you, but I really tried to stay positive and look to the future and getting back walking and hiking with my wife and doing more exercising and that's, and getting healthier and, you know, just that positive outlook and that, that helps a lot. And so while there's, you know, my foot's throbbing and throbbing pain and that kind of stuff, you kind of go, yeah, but you know, it's, it's healing and it's getting to a better place. And I know with benzos that can be hard because we don't even know 
you know, here I have probably at least a timetable to some degree of how I will heal and it will get better and it's progressing along this line. With benzos, so many of us really have no idea on the time, on how long it's going to take. For some of you, it's just weeks. For some of us, it's months or years. And that makes it even more frustrating because we don't know how long it's going to be. But, but it's still, I think, even more of a good reason to make use of that time, to make good use of that time, to good, make good decisions and try to take that time and improve yourself and do things better for yourself during that time. Um, I, I just think it's something we need to keep focusing on and try to keep moving forward. But I liked that quote and I wanted to share it with you. And I think that's a good thing to keep in mind. Okay, well, I'm going to get back to grab some lunch here and um, pop up my laptop and try to see how far behind on work I am <laughs> and maybe check in on a few emails. So I'll talk to you soon. Morning. It is now Wednesday, five days after surgery, slight setback. Um, with the pain on the foot and it was getting better and better every day, which has been good and moving on it more. And yesterday I actually worked even half a day, got back to work, which was great and caught catching up on emails a little bit, trying to figure out how much I missed over the last five days. But I don't know if I did too much or if it's change in the pain meds or what I'm after five days, I'm not supposed to take any more ibuprofen, so I switched to Tylenol. Um, but the Tylenol doesn't seem to do much, but um don't even know if it's that or not. But last night was pretty restless. Um hurt most of the time. No matter what I did, icing or elevation, it didn't seem to help a lot. So this morning I'm taking some more Tylenol to see if that'll help, but we'll see. It's just frustrating because it was getting better every day and now it seems to be getting worse. Um, and this may just be the standard progression, but it it's not fun and it causes anxiety and pain and <laughs> uncomfortability and some fear that maybe there's something wrong and you know how that goes. I'll check back in with you a little bit and let you know how I'm doing. Thanks. It is now Thursday. Six days after surgery, and I'm doing pretty well. Yesterday was a tough day. Um, it just was, I think I overdid it. I think my foot wasn't healing as fast as I expected, which I had way too high of expectations. Um, and it was it was gotten pretty painful most of the day, so I was just staying on beds. And I decided just to take the whole day yesterday down and, and chill out and stay off my foot and I think it helped. Today I'm definitely doing better on the foot, so that's a good thing. As for symptoms post-surgery and post-benzo, um, the midazolam that I was given during the procedure, I had a little bit of face twitching today. Um, like my cheek and my face were kind of twitching and um, don't usually get that. It's not common for me, but um, it could be tied to that. And so I just wanted to voice that and let you know. Um, but it was short-lived and it passed. I, I get the facial paresthesia, the spiders on the face. That's something I've had throughout this whole thing. That's been really common and I've gotten really used to it. But um, as for the, the the twitching, you know, I do get twitching throughout my body and that's not uncommon. Not usually in my cheek, but, you know, it can show up anywhere and many of you can relate to just the randomized twitching of the muscles and that's just um, common. It could be tied to so many things, maybe not the benzo specifically, probably not, to be honest, that was given to me. Most likely more just stress. Um, I was a little depressed yesterday and this morning just because um, I just wanted to get healed faster than, and um, wanted to get back on my feet and back to working full time and everything. And um, my body just didn't want to want to agree with that. And uh, many of you know that frustration. So I think my expectations were a little too high and I had to take a couple steps back and slow down a bit, and that's okay. Today, though, this morning started out really good. My foot's feeling a little better this morning. I showered. I got a. I bought a boot online um, that's supposedly waterproof and really protects the bandages, so I was able to take a full shower, and that was nice. Um, my wife and I went to the store, and I 
I, I rented one of those electric carts <laughs> at the store and rode around an electric cart. And that was pretty cool. I've never done that before. Now, I know for some people, that's the only way they can get around. And I'm not commenting on that. I'm just saying, though, I've never done that before. So I was riding around in a little cart and um, doing some some groceries and got myself a, my chai and came back home. And then, of course, since then, I've had it elevated and iced. But trying to do things like that to get myself back to a normal life. And that, that helped lift my spirits, the ability just to do some basic things. Just some basic things um, really helps. And I think that's the same with bind and with Benza withdrawal is sometimes it's just getting back to a little bit of normalcy can really lift your spirits. It can be something really basic. Um, for me, it's like going to the grocery store. That was one thing that I was able to keep doing throughout my experience with benzos, with, with benzo withdrawal. Um, even in the worst days, maybe not in the worst days, but even the worst weeks, I usually could go to the store. Um, and that was like my little outing and it was a little bit of social. I got to say hi to the checker or hi to the person at the, on the barista, if I got my chai and that kind of stuff. And that was my little semblance of connection to the world, even on really rough days with benzos. So as long as I wasn't bedridden, I was mostly able to go to the store. And, and that was something I, I, I needed to connect with and I needed to and keep with me because it was so important to keep that that tie to the outside world and keep um, keep that connection. I just think it was important psychologically for me to to have that um, mental positivity, that that basis. So anyway, um, getting back out to that again today after a week was nice because I was able to have that connection again and get out there. Now I, I can't drive myself and I can't drive for three weeks um, because of the boot and the foot and everything. It doesn't work too well. <laughs> Um, until I get the bandages off. But my wife was kind enough to drive me over this morning, get some groceries and stuff like that. I'm usually the one that does all the grocery runs. Um, she works pretty hard throughout the day. Um, we, we both work really hard, but she has a full-time job um, in addition to taking care of me sometimes. So she's um, always busy at home. So I try to do a lot more of those chores, um, like groceries and a lot of other things around the house to fill in when I can. So usually the grocery store run is my job. And I go get things, um, you know, three or four times a week when I need to, when we need stuff. So, but right now I can't since I can't drive. So anyway, that being said. Hope. That is one of the things that keeps us going. And I know in Benza Withdrawal and Bind, so many of us have lost hope for a period of time. Hopelessness, there's few things in life that make going on more difficult, make moving forward more difficult than the loss of hope. In my surgery, one of the benefits I have is that this, hopefully, and the odds are pretty good, that this will make my foot feel better. I'll be able to walk again longer distances, might even be able to jog a little bit. Um, I'll be able to do a lot more in my life. It's going to improve my life. And that's something to look forward to. So when I'm trying to deal with the anxiety and fear about this situation, the hope of what it will be like on the other side can help. That helps get me through. Now, recovery on this can be a little while. It can be up to three months for me to get fully recovered, I'm back on my foot. In fact, some reports even say up to six months. It depends on the person and what you're looking for and what level of mobility you're trying to get back to, but it can be a little while. But I have a timeline. And I know that the work's done and now things are gonna get better every day. We don't get that with bind. I mean, we do to some degree. I mean, the experiences I've seen show that we do get better. It's just, it's drawn out over a longer period of time for most of us. And even more so, we don't know what that timeline is. For some people out there, they come off benzos and they almost immediately feel better or they feel better within a few months. 
For some of us, it's several years. Not knowing this timeline is so disheartening. And it makes it harder to have hope. All I can do is keep saying it does get better. This is temporary. We do heal. I can keep repeating those mantras. But I also understand they often fall on deaf ears. And I get that. Somebody was saying, and some people did, said that to me when I was going through it. You know, the Ashton Manual said that, and some of the discussion groups I was on when I was going through my more difficult days were telling me it gets better. And it's hard to hear that when your life has been hijacked from what it was. Your trajectory of, of, of the direction you've been going in your life can be completely altered. And that's frightening. And that's scary. And it's really hard to digest. It's interesting because it doesn't mean that our lives aren't going to be better on the other side. And I've talked about this many times, and I believe that entirely, that for most of us, we wind up better. You know, it's, it's one of those interesting things. I, I can kind of compare it a little bit to being laid off, being let go from a job. I don't remember the statistics and I don't have them handy, but it was something like 70%, and I'm just guessing here, but about 70% of people who are laid off are better off 18 months later, year and a half later. And, and the reason for that is often, often they'll find another job, but often it'll force them to find a job they're more interested in or a better job or change careers into a different direction. We so often get complacent and stuck in a routine and caught in the same job and the same life and the same relationships one after the other. And, you know, all these patterns, we have this fear of change. I know I do. I know so many people have that. And sometimes it takes an outside influence to force that change. Benzodependence is one of those things. Now, it's one of the extreme ones. It's, it's, it's way up there because this does a number on our bodies and on our minds. But it's also an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to make something better out of this. I think trying to find hope in some form, in some place, in any little area of your life that you can, whether it's you're doing this for your children or doing this for your parents or doing this for your spouse or doing this for um, that career or, or this, this is a chance to change or for, or for wanting to give back and wanting to give back to the Benzo community when you get done, for just for hanging on for any reason that you can look forward to, to, to travel the world, to, to do these things maybe you didn't get a chance to do before. I think it's vital that we find that hope to cling to to keep us going through the darker times. Because it does get better. It is temporary. And we do heal. It is Friday. Exactly one week since my surgery. I'm laying down again for a few minutes right now. Turned on one of my favorite autumn videos. I watch these YouTube videos sometimes, relaxation channels that have like coffee houses that are kind of lightly animated with jazz music behind them or piano music and um, scenes of autumn or, you know, winter or whatever. Anyway, I like them in the background and when I'm working sometimes it's just nice and peaceful and, and when I'm laying down. So I got a little dizzy, so I'm laying down now. Definitely have some lightheadedness lately, but that to be expected. I've been laying on my back for so long that I think my blood pressure and everything else is adapting to me getting on my feet more often. The foot's feeling a little better each day, so I think um, I'm a little more mobile. I can't stay on it too long. Mostly I can't sit with it down very comfortable, so I have to find a chair to put it up on, which is hard to do at my desk. So I, I'm on the table and I'm trying to put it off to the side or, or cross my legs and hold it up, but it's, it's awkward. So a lot of times I sit in a big chair 
Um, the problem is, is that my dual monitors, which I really use a lot, um, is on my desk. And so when I sit in the chair, I just have the small laptop screen and it's harder to do um, different work on that. But, you know, we all work around things. It's a minor problem. I've been figuring out when to wrap this up and start editing it because I know we're waiting to see how I'm doing on symptoms or I've been waiting to see how symptoms are. But I think maybe this one week is probably a perfect way to wrap this this um, episode up because I um, I don't want to carry it on too long and I can always catch up with you all in a later episode and tell you if anything else happened later on. But I think this weekend maybe I will start to edit this down and and then um, get it out. So so I'm, I'm looking for the profound thing that really, you know, profound observation and realization from this whole process that can wrap all this up and tie it in a nice little bow and, and present it. See, see, here's the major findings. I've been waiting for that that um, moment, but I haven't found it yet. But being afraid of life, being afraid of being triggered, being afraid of everything is not a great way to live. And I think we all know that. So when you're ready, when you start to have some of your symptoms beginning to ease, start testing the waters. It doesn't have to be huge steps. This was a big step for me, but I've taken many small steps getting to this point. I needed that first step. I needed to get through a hurdle to give me the confidence and feel stronger. And this did that. I feel 10 times more powerful now than I did going into it. It's amazing. I feel so much more confident that life is going to be better. I'm so much more optimistic of what my future is holding. Because I took on this hurdle, might be the right word, and overcame it. And every one of us does that every day in so many different ways. For some people, that hurdle is just walking out of the house or going to the store or going to the office one day. These are the hurdles we face day in and day out. And they're not easy. And they're easy to us to say, hey, I can't do that right now. And that's okay. But at some point, you're going to want more out of life. I did. And I've built back a better life than I had before. And that is exciting. That is awesome. That is so cool. And you all helped me want that. Your feedback, your messages, your stories, your heartbreaks, your struggles, your pain. Sharing those with me and allowing me to try to help you as you help me, helped me. It got me here. I don't know how I would have gotten through this without this connection. And I'm hoping that, I, I know from you all writing into me that for some of you, that's been the same case on your side. And that's just awesome. That's just awesome. I am grateful. God, there's so many things in this world to be grateful for. And yet all we seem to do is focus on what's wrong. In bind, that's easy to do because those things that are wrong are overwhelming. But it's not always like that. It gets better. It eases. And as it does, it's good to be grateful for those things that happen. For those little things. For the sunshine. For the sunset. For a hug from your son or your daughter. For the greeting from your dog or cat or hamster when you come home. These are the things that we often overlook, but they're the things that really matter. 
even just the smile from the barista when I get my chai in the morning. When I walk into a coffee house and I come up there and they, they call me by name and know my order, I know that sounds trivial, but it's not. That person just brightened my day, made me feel welcome, made me feel like I belong. That brightened my day. And I hope I do that for others. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful for everything. I'm grateful that they gave me a benzo during my procedure. And it's been a week now, and I felt no real repercussions of it. Sure, something might happen. I might have a wave kick in later, but I don't expect to. But as for me, that benzo they gave me didn't seem to have any adverse effects. But of course, that's just me. For some of you, it might be different. I'm not saying it won't trigger some complications for some people. And it may still create some for me later on. I'll let you know if it does. So on that note, I think I'll close this out. Thanks for listening. Thanks for joining me on this journey through my surgery. <laughs> I appreciate the company. Talking with you helped me get through it. And I'm grateful. And that closes out our two-part series on benzos and surgery. I hope you enjoyed it. Before we totally finish things up here, allow me just 20 seconds for our disclaimer. This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered medical advice in any way. The host of this podcast is not a medical professional, nor is he engaged in rendering medical health or psychological advice nor any other kind of personal or professional services. The views and opinions expressed by our listeners and interview guests on this podcast, whether read from textual submissions or presented in their own voice, do not necessarily reflect those of the Benzofree podcast or of its host. Withdrawal tapering or any other change in dosage of benzodiazepines, non-benzodiazepines, or any other prescription drugs should only be done under the direct supervision of a licensed physician. Our full disclaimer can be viewed on our website at benzofree.org disclaimer. And that should wrap things up. Thanks again for joining us today. I hope that this may have connected with you. I hope maybe you found a little bit of information in it that you will find useful. I hope that it maybe it provided you some comfort. Keep calm, taper slowly, and take care of yourself. I'll see you next time.